if I were to do three versions of one podcast, there's nobody I'd want to do three versions of it with more than John Harris. John, we're kicking off a brand new Texans in the Lab. So if you're listening to this, please like, please subscribe, please share, please leave a comment, a rating, and tell everyone how much you love this. But John, what's going on, bro? Uh, not much, buddy. Just um, trying to live life after a Texans win. Doing a little tell straighter, looking at uh, some of the great things the Texans were able to do, and what well, the Texans coaching staff and players put together a really masterful plan. And when you watch the film, it really pops out what they were able to do against the Jaguars. So, so it's good. And now we're just getting ready for JJ Watt week. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay, here on today's show, this is what we got. Johnny and I are going to chit chat about an under-the-radar player to watch against the Steelers. We're also going to get into some wild J.J. Watt memories because, hey, he's going into the Ring of Honor this weekend. Plus, I'm going to give you some fun off-the-field interview selections from Motor, Devin Singletary. He had his mom, he had his sister there in the crowd yelling, yeah. Motor, and he had some big runs at the end of Sunday's game. He also had some nice blocks as well. Plus... Chris Myers, not the former Texan center, but the okay. guy who called the last two Texans games play-by-play wise uh, last week and the week before, he is a giant in the industry. And I got a chance yeah. to talk sports broadcasting with him about his career. You know, it, earlier I had talked about the, the matchup, but that is in the rear view. So we're not going to air that portion. We're going to air the stuff, the good stuff and have some fun with Chris. He was a real good sport. And it was fun actually seeing him at the game Sunday up in the press box and chit-chatting with him before, before the things kicked off. But, John, let's get into it. Against the Steelers, this Sunday, your under-the-radar Texan to watch is? Oh, boy. I'm going to go with Steven Nelson. And like the reason I'm going with Steven Nelson, I, I think since Steven Nelson has gotten here in 2022, and I remember when Nelson signed, there was some some noise, especially from people in Kansas City, like, oh, 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 oh my gosh, he's a holding penalty waiting to happen. He's this, he's that. Man, Steven Nelson couldn't be more further from what he was early in his career. He has been absolutely brilliant for this Texans team. And I know there was, you know, some of that noise in the offseason, you know, about you know, the contract and we come back and all that. Well, he got that contract thing worked out and he left it all behind. He became a captain and has played lights out. Now, it's the Steelers. Offensively, I don't know if there's any one thing they do exceptionally well, but they have an exceptional talent at wide receiver, and that's George Pickens. And that's probably a matchup that Steven's going to get a decent majority of the game. And the way he has played, I'm very confident that Steven Nelson is going to step up to the challenge. He has never, uh, he's never shrunken from a challenge. He plays with an edge. I love the way that he plays. Um, he's been a good leader for this team. He's been a leader for a secondary that was for a time without Jalen Petrie, for a time without Jimmy Ward, and now for a lot of time without Derek Stingley. And Steven Nelson has been the consistent one back there. And his play has gotten gotten better. It's not a sign curve. It's not up and down and up and down. It's a linear progression with a positive slope, more Y, more change in Y than there is change in X. And that's a good thing uh, when you're a corner. So, you know, the more math we can bring to in the lab, Drew, the better off, because that just lets us geek out. But I think Steven Nelson has been exceptional for this team, and I think he's going to play a big role against the Steelers on Sunday. I like that. That's a great choice. Uh, think about what has happened 
for the Texans this season. In the first week, they allowed a 78-yard receiver in Zay Flowers. That's it's pretty good, but that's the most that anyone got, 78 yards. Then there's yeah. some 30-yard receivers as well. Against the Colts, the next week, week two. Now, I know the first week was a loss. I know the second week was not the best effort defensively from this team, but you had an 88-yard uh, rushing day by Zach Moss, but over on the receiving side, most anybody got was 56 yards. That's mm-hmm. Michael Pittman. Eight catches. Took him eight catches to get 56 yards. Okay. Yeah. And then what did we see Trevor Lawrence and company do on Sunday in Jacksonville? Uh, okay. Leading receiver. He got, let's look through the uh, receiving yardage chart. Not a whole heck of a lot. 67 yards by Evan Ingram. That's a tight end. These guys have been doing a great job and he's the main reason why it was funny after that win in Jacksonville, one of the equipment guys for the Texans, as Nelson was walking out, was saying, y'all know the new nickname for Steven Nelson? It's seatbelts. Yeah. He's just locking Tracks, people baby. up. So yep, absolutely, yeah, that was kind of fun to hear. I like your choice of Steven Nelson. I'll go with Shaq Griffin. You know, he had a big yeah, return to Jacksonville last weekend. He's going to be called upon. He started. He's going to be called upon, I'm sure, again, to start this week against the Steelers. So I'm going to answer your uh, Nelson with Shaq Griffin. Let's see what he does. He's my under the radar guy because um could you imagine if one of us had picked Andrew Beck last week as our under under the oh radar? Oh my gosh. Texan Dude, I, can I tell you this quick story? I'd love so, one. I always love we always love story time and in the lab. So mm-hmm. the Jaguars score to make it 17-10. It's kind of feeling a little dicier now like okay, now we had a 17 nothing lead now it's 17-10. And in my mind I'm thinking Man, we've got. We need to score in the in the worst way. We need. I don't care what it is. But there were like four minutes and thirty seconds left in the third quarter, and I just wanted to get to the fourth quarter with the lead and see what you can do. But we need a point. So right before the kickoff, Mark threw it down to me, and I said, "Look, guys, I don't care how the Texans score. I don't care if it's a." And I pulled this one out of my backside. Oh, I don't care if it's a ninety-five yards throwback. Uh, eligible to an eligible tackle George Fant he goes 95 yards for a touchdown I don't care but they've got to score no matter how improbable it might be and I literally said that and not 30 seconds later Andrew Beck is running back at kick return and I was I was kind of screaming and yelling at the Texans. I was excited we scored but it was like I told you it was going to be improbable I told you and that was about as improbable as it got so no offense big George because big George Fant played a big uh, a good game but you know, the 95-yard throwback screen to George Fant was probably not in Bobby Sloak's playbook. But um, I wanted to point out the improbability. I didn't care. And that was about as improbable as it got. So that was that was huge to get that one on that kick return. Yeah. You know, the Texans sideline would have been celebrating had anyone returned a kickoff for a score. Yeah. But right. when it's somebody who's not supposed to be doing it, like a fullback, yes. they're going to go even more bananas. Fullbacks – and nose tackles, and I've said this on the show a few different times over the years, those guys pretty much have the respect of the entire locker room. doesn't matter who you yeah. are. You can't screw with them because yeah. they are the dirty workers. They do the dirty work more so than anybody else on the team. Maybe close close up there is the uh, interior offensive lineman, but, man, seeing a fullback score like that, there's a reason it was chaos in a good sort of way on the sideline because – 
it was really, really fun to see. I mean, heck, I even had, it was chaotic for me because I'm shooting it on my, my little cell phone. I'm in the corner of the end zone. It's sunny, so you can't really tell what's on the screen. But I, I was able to follow the action enough. And then when it cleared out, I could just tell by the, the running style and the yeah. long locks flowing. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, Andrew back. And so, yeah, that's why I screamed that out. And I was really happy for him because that, the best, man. <laughs> that guy does a lot of dirty work. And it's good to see yeah. him get some some reward and get some some flowers. They're giving him flowers. It's one of those, those terms go. these days. All there right. you go. Let's talk about a guy who had a lot of flowers in his career. He's going to get some more flowers on Sunday, deservedly so. J.J. Watt going into the ring of honor. I want your wild-ass J.J. Watt memory. What is it? Well, I go to Cleveland in 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, that was my first year on the sidelines. And that was a game. It was interesting. The Texans were coming off a of bye week, I think. And the Browns were hot. The Browns were like 6-3. and three. Yeah. In that game, on the first series, J.J. lined up wide as a wide receiver, and he was being covered by Christian Kirksey, who actually um, had great coverage. And we saw Kirko for a few years here. Congratulations to Kirko on a great career. Yeah, kudos. Um, and Kirko was good in coverage. And Mallet, Ryan Mallet, RIP Big Tex, throws mm. a dime, and J.J. is running a fade route against the Cleveland Browns. So that's how the game started. Then – JJ has these two 15 yard roughing the punter penalties. <laughs> got almost got him too. He almost blocked I both know. of them. I know. And one of the best things was after the second one, I'm watching this interaction. So JJ comes off and JJ had this, like he would stand on the sidelines. Like he kind of tired. He kind of put his hands on his hips. Like I could see it now. Like he would get tired or exasperated about something or he was upset or somebody was upset at him. That was kind of the stance he took. And I could see Bill O'Brien just fuming, <laughs> but it's not, he can't get mad at jj because you know like jj did everything for that team and so he kind of fumes for like a minute or so and then he walks over why he's like get back in there walk goes right in the game and gets like a tackle for a loss like within the first few plays i'm dying laughing watching this interaction but it was on a plane home when you and i were sitting next to each other and i i, I kind of hit you as you were falling asleep and i said drew look at this and it's the game book and in the game book it has all the, the stats for all the games and there's one page specifically that has the defensive stats and it's got like all these different columns for all the different things and, and stats that a defensive player can measure. And I'm like, Drew, there's a, there's a number in every column for JJ, except for maybe one or two. Most guys will have like two or three columns or a number, and then everything else is a zero. And it looks, it's just zeros all the way across. JJ's got a number in every single column, but maybe one. Yeah. And he did that multiple games. And I just, I remember you just kind of looked at me, you shake, you shook your head, and you're like, he's incredible. And then you're like, he's a jungle cat. And like those, that was a term you always used for him. And I was like, yeah, man, this is unbelievable. And so I kept track of that throughout his career. Like how many times did he hit like all these different columns? And in 2014, he hit all those columns. But from the fade route touchdown to the two roughing the passer penalty or roughing the punter penalties to four TFLs to two to two and a half sacks, he did it all in that game against Cleveland, a game that we really needed to have. And then the funny story of him you know, right on the sidelines, I just cracked up. So that Cleveland get that Cleveland trip was Oh, it was something. And that was just an amazing uh, kind of response by J.J. Watt. And that was wild, to say the least. He ate at the statistical buffet that day. He had some yes. salad. He also got potato salad. He also got the uh, beets. He had mashed potatoes. He had macaroni and cheese. He yep. had a chicken breast, a Salisbury steak, right. a flank. Uh, not a flank, but a uh, a plank of salmon. 
And then yep. he topped it off with green jello. He topped it off with yellow jello. He went to the soft serve and he had sprinkles on top of the soft serve. So with a cherry. Yep. Yeah. He had but he everything. Did, he did spill his Arnold Palmer on the floor, uh-huh. but it was okay. Cause he did on the tile floor. So it got cleaned up really quickly. And also he Those had a milk rough, and an ice water too. He also had a milk yeah. and an ice water. So it was, it was all good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my wild ass JJ Watt memory. It's kind of odd. But that's why it's a wild ass one. Uh, it involves Ryan Fitzpatrick, and it's the first time I actually met oh, Fitzpatrick. Please. Off-season conditioning, 2014. JJ's getting ready for his JJ Watt Charity Softball oh, yeah. Classic. So yeah. all his teammates, Texans teammates, are playing out at Constellation Field. So, but he needed video help from Texans TV a week or two before the game. And he just wanted us to ask the players, his teammates, some fun questions like, who's your favorite wrestler? And can you impersonate Arnold Schwarzenegger? Stuff like that. So we go up to Ryan Fitzpatrick, who just worked out. He's got his shorts on, his shoes on. He had just taken his shirt off. And we're kind of chit-chatting, asking him to help. And he's like, well, yeah, where's the mic? And I kind of hold up a clip-on lavalier mic. You clip on your shirt or your sport coat or whatever. And he just takes it from me, clips it onto his beard. And I sort of look at JJ because the Texans media relations has always wanted players to have their shirts on when they do an interview. And yeah. JJ's like, just gave me this funny look like, hey, let's just roll with it. And so we, we did a fun interview with Ryan Fitzpatrick. JJ was field producing. He was, you know, this, you know, right off camera helping produce. Yeah. And we had a good time. It was just one of those unique moments. And then they go on to have. I mean, people hanging from the rafters at that place, thousands and thousands of people all living it up, loving what happened. And it was a cool, cool experience. But that was just one of many fun little J.J. Watt experiences that I've had. All right. Coming up now, we're going to have Devin Motor Singletary. Motor, tell us about who is going to be or who was yelling that in the stands at Jacksonville. We go off the field. Drew's Dozen with Devin Motor Singletary. It is always great to be with you. You're a good sport. This is the third time you've done a Drew's yeah. Dozen interview, so we got to ask you the tough question right off the bat. Yeah. You have a sister. Right. Which of your teammates would you not let date your sister? Oh, what's my teammate? Man, put me on the spot with that one. Yeah. Let's see. Probably, man, that's tough. I don't know. I'm not going to say no names. None of <laughs> them. None of them. You're being very political None here. I respect it. <laughs> I respect it. Okay. The animal you least like to be around or would least like to be around of all time, which one? A honey badger. Honey think, badger? Things seem kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah, definitely a honey badger. <laughs> there used to be a honey badger that played safety for this team for one season. He was yeah, pretty good. Yeah, he was. But he was nicer than, than most <laughs> honey badgers. Do you have, you have any pets? No, nah, no pets. No pets? No not a dog pet. guy? I mean, I like dogs. I just don't have a pet at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe someday down the line. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I was like you one day. I didn't, didn't have a pet until uh, we got married and we got dogs. Okay, if you don't set your alarm clock, what time would you wake up? If I don't set it? Yeah. Shoot. Probably 5.30. In the morning? Yeah. You I still would, wake up early, huh? Yeah, I, w- I would wake up early. That's just how my body is. Mm-hmm. But I'll wake up and... Probably go back to sleep depending on the day, but I'll definitely wake up about 5.30. That'd be, yeah. That's a good feeling, waking up yeah. early and then getting to go back to sleep. So you're not yeah. going to pop up and go start accomplishing 19 different things? And I'm, I'm going to wake up depending on what day it is. Um, you know, if it's off day, I'm definitely going back to sleep. And I'm, I'm usually waking up before my alarm. Yeah, yeah. that's good. That's a good, uh, <laughs> good trait to have. Do you have a favorite shirt? A favorite shirt? Yeah. No, nah, I don't have a favorite shirt. I'm really a... I would rather wear no shirt if I had the choice. But South Florida. 
right? Yeah, definitely South Florida, but um, I don't have a favorite shirt. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Texans are playing in North Florida this week. Mm -hmm. You're a South Florida guy. Yeah. It's about a four-hour. I looked at I, I Google Maps it. It's about a four-hour drive. You gonna have friends and family there? Definitely gonna have some family coming. What up. sort of representation? How much? How much are you gonna have there? Uh, probably about ten. Probably okay. About ten. Yeah. Who's the loudest of the, the group that comes when, you're, when they're cheering for you? Uh, probably my mom or my sister. Definitely. Yeah. One what, of those two. Are they, do they have something specific they say when they're cheering yeah. for you? Motor. That's it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's it. I'm going to keep my ears peeled for that when I'm on the field, okay? Motor. Yeah. Let's say you're taking a road trip to Florida right now. You got three teammates that you want in the car with you, and you got one teammate. He's got to roll by himself. You don't want him in the car. Who, who are the three you want with? DP. Okay, Damian Pierce. Yep. Uh, CJ. CJ Funny. Okay. I'm bring CJ with me. And uh, Tank. Tank that's, that's, that's who riding with me. Okay. And then who I don't want with me. And it doesn't mean you don't like the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just don't want to spend six, seven, eight hours on the road with him. <laughs> AD. AD? Austin. Austin Deculus? Yes, How man. Come? He's funny. Yeah. He's funny. But? but I, don't, I don't know if I can for, for six hours. Nah. <laughs> Good to know. All right. Okay, Austin Deculus. All right, if you're in this road trip or on this road trip, what are the snacks that you got to have? The nerds, like nerds. with the, with yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the gushy part in the oh, middle. Okay. Them nerds. I'm in trouble. This is a 15-yard yeah. penalty on me. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's what we do in meetings when, when yeah, the phone a, goes off. That's a fine. All right, got to have the nerds. Got to have some cookies. If uh -huh. it's grandma cookies, you know, they come in the blue pack. Mm -hmm. Got to have some of those and some water or sweet tea. Water, mm -hmm. sweet tea. Yeah, yeah you need a little caffeine, right? Definitely. Yeah. So those those are essentials. No beef jerky? Nah, man. Not I'm, beef jerky I'm gonna stay away from the beef jerky for sure. I got yeah. you. Because the taste, or because it's like you don't want to break your jaw. I was never a big beef jerky guy. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. I like nerds, man. I haven't thought about nerds a long time. Mm -hmm. I'm probably gonna need to get some now that you brought that up. Okay, so Deculus is rolling solo. <laughs> What's the conversation going to be like with those four, you four in that car? A little bit of everything. Who, who knows what will come up in that, but it'll definitely be a lot of laughs for sure. Right, right. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> or are you a fan of wrestling? What type of wrestling? Like WWE, that type of stuff? Well, a little bit. Yeah. Do you, like, do you like the real wrestling, like in high school? or? I mean, yeah, I would, I would watch some of those matches. I yeah. couldn't do it. My dad wouldn't allow me, but uh, I would go watch some. Did of they it. have that in high school? Yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they had it. They had it, but um, he didn't want me to hurt my knee or anything because that's yeah. what happened to him, so I couldn't do it. I hear you. A yeah. lot of the linemen on both sides here with the Texans, they were great wrestlers back in the day. Malik Collins. Yeah, I was just about to say Malik. Especially, you know, he from up north, so yeah, that's what they do for real. He was undefeated his senior year in Kansas City. He was, he was amazing. That's tough. All-time favorite NFL player was or is all the time so retired retired guys i'm gonna go with frank g frank, frank gore, gore. Yeah, yeah 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 that's my guy how come man he's just a machine like the the first to play the position as long as he did then two just the way he, his vision was you know the, the fit in between the creases that he did you know what i'm saying not not many guys can do that what was it like growing up because i met he's a miami guy he mm -hmm. played at the u yeah you overlapped with him a little bit when he was because he played forever i mean what yeah. was it like Seeing him and knowing about him and then being in the same league and saying, hey, I'm, I'm also an NFL player like Frank Gore. Right. You know, seeing him and knowing about him, like he's a legend down south. I mean, he's a legend everywhere, but yeah. definitely down south. Being able to get the opportunity to be in the room with him was, was big for me, especially, you know, it was my rookie year when I was with him. Yeah. So I learned a lot from him, you know, on and off the field, how to take care of your body, how to go about your business on the field. Frank really fun, uh, funny. A lot of people don't know that. He, he's a funny guy. 
I've heard from my counterparts that worked with the Niners back in the day, mm-hmm. he was their favorite guy to deal with. I mean, yeah. he's, he's just one of the, the all-time best in that regard as far as people. Yeah, that's him, definitely. He's definitely a people's person for sure. Okay, final question. $500,000 or you get brunch with Jay-Z? Oh, this is fantastic. <laughs> I probably I probably will take the brunch just just to pick his brain. You know yeah. what I'm saying? He made a lot of money, and uh, I'm pretty sure he's got that money working for him. So I can get a few nuggets from him. You know, I I, I got a little money myself, so I would I would take the brunch. You put that wisdom to use, right? Facts. Like <laughs> Motor. Great hey. to be with you, my friend. Thanks. Thanks so much. Appreciate you, man. Thank you for having me. Awesome stuff there from Devin Motor Singletary. Nine carries, 41 yards in the win over Jacksonville. Toted the rock there at the end of the game, especially, and helped kind of salt things away, put the game away. Good work by him. I know that was special, playing well in front of some family that had just come up from South Florida. And speaking of South Florida, our next guest is from the Miami area. For me, this was a really special interview. It's Chris Myers. He called the play-by-play for Fox last week, as well as the week before, so the last two Texans games. And we chit-chatted with him previewing the game, but we're not going to get into that. We won't air that part. I had a chance. I got about six minutes of just game talk with him. And then I really wanted to talk with him about his broadcasting career because the man has done it all. He has called, he's been a part of Super Bowl coverage. He calls play-by-play on Fox football. One of the key guys for Fox NASCAR coverage. He has done MLB, does the dog show. I remember him most of all from the 1990s. You got to remember, way back in the day, I was growing up in the 90s. You know, I went to high school, graduated college in 2000. So around about 93, 94, we got cable in my household. Yeah, I know we were late to the party, but that meant I could watch ESPN Sports Center. And you wake up on a summer morning and you see a sports center and it ends and then it just starts over again. And then they do it over again the next hour. So there were a lot of mornings where I, I saw him, he was a sports center anchor and then he wound up, uh, you know, the latter part of the 90s hosting the Up Close interview show. So the guy interviewed every major sporting celebrity there is. He even interviewed O.J. Simpson after all the stuff that went down with O.J. Simpson. And it was a real pleasure to talk with Chris. I had a fun chance, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, to see him before the game up in the press box. And he's a prince of a guy. I appreciate him uh, talking with me. I hope we do it again later in the season because it was a lot of fun. But here is my interview with Chris Myers. You know the voice, and he has called it all. He's called play-by-play for every single sport and everything that's related to sports, it seems, if you read his bio. MLB, NFL, NASCAR, boxing, even the Westminster Kennel Dog Show. You're a Miami guy. Are you going to get High Lie in there at some point? And am I (laughs) off base? Did you already do High Lie? I mean, no, I I did not. I I did try Polo once, so that was difficult. It was it was (laughs) it went by my earlier years, but no High Lie. I bet you pulled it off. I bet you pulled it off, man. You're being modest. Maybe people couldn't tell me there weren't there weren't that many watching or listening. Thankfully, Uh, (laughs) so. uh, But I uh, well, football is the first love. The NFL. I mean, that's that's the passion, and then you know, in the business. 
uh, Drew, you just go, you know, there's seasons like a fan. I would be going from, you know, okay, football ends, you know, spring training, baseball, or Daytona 500 and NASCAR. And, and so that's kind of how, when I was in a position that after years at ESPN and then Fox, uh, to, to, to get to do, you know, different, different sports. Uh, and, and so I, you know, I enjoy that. I really do enjoy the challenge. I even did a, I even did an international dart competition in Las Vegas, which really? I, you know, you study and you prepare. We all play a little barroom darts, but I, I had no idea this, this was international. So, but they were, they show up at noon in Vegas and people from Ireland, England, and their drinks got, they're drinking heavily. I mean, I'm <laughs> like, these people, how do they even stand up? And then, man, they hit the bullseye. You know, it's like, wow, that's, that's impressive. So <laughs> I always learn something when I, when I do these things, uh, even every week in football, I'm always learning something new. And that's the fun part about it. It really is, you know, live reality TV in the, in the greatest sense. So of those five that I mentioned, MLB, NFL, NASCAR, boxing, Westminster kennel club dog show, what's the most challenging to prep and then call as far as the play-by-play goes out of all those? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say probably NFL on the on the national scale because you have usually different teams every week, right? Yeah. Uh, for example, after this one, I think we have a Lions game uh, in Carolina next week. This, the, you know, our group, or, or no, we have Saint, you know, we have uh, Saints Bucks. Yeah, can't so so yeah, you 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 have to learn that, and, and the the viewing audience, the, the you know, they know their team at, at home, so you you're not going to fool them with anything. But you got to make sure you're up on the numbers and the pronunciations and the notes, and then and then you do the game. So that's a that's really a week long process. I mean, the analyst analyzes, but I want to make sure I have all the information. A lot of it again even whether it was a field reporter or or calling it and play by play, a lot of it you don't end up using, but you got to have it ready. And you can't force it in. If a guy isn't in the game, you can't tell a good story about him unless, you know, it's, it's a lopsided score. Um, so that's probably, you know, I would say in, in that regard, the most challenging. But Drew, you, you know, you're in broadcasting. And so the, the unique part about what's going on in today's world, it's, it's kind of fun in that, you know, there are people that, that call can, can are so good at play by play. They can roll out of bed and call basketball one day, hockey the next and football. Yeah. That, that's not who I am. But I but I do like that I've hosted studio baseball shows and studio football shows and then done, done play by play and then hosted some national some field reporting for for a World Series or a Super Bowl. So that variety, I think, of not only sports, but but the, the broadcast assignments, I think, ultimately help overall in whatever situation I'm in to be able to to do the best when there's when there's breaking news and i've had a lot of that weird stuff over my career from you know from tragedy events to some sure. enjoyable events you know of, of having to be the guy on the spot and do the interview or do the report well if there's a mount rushmore of interviewers you're certainly on it i mean <laughs> i remember you most of all back when i was growing up i remember you most of all from up close uh, it was yep. it was what led into sports center it was phenomenal you you got great stuff out of a variety of folks how much how much did you enjoy that aspect? Because it was a different, I don't want to say grind, but it was a different effort every day. And you've got to, you've got to really kind of adjust to personalities. Sometimes you got to get certain info out of folks. Sometimes what, what was that like that span? Cause you did that for a while. Yeah, that was like a four or five year stretch after Roy Firestone and after I'd done some reporting for ESPN and then some Sports Center late night yeah. with, you know, Mike Tarico, Linda Cohn, and then uh-huh. and then came back out west before I went on to Fox. It was what I gotta tell you, it was one of my favorite things to do and still isn't. And what was unique at the time, you you we didn't have the kind of social media. So players, athletes, they didn't have their own YouTube channel or their own app or website or hand, Twitter handle or X handle, whatever you want to call it. Or, or TikTok or Instagram. And so this was their vehicle to, to kind of come on and talk. And 
and sometimes they're promoting something, but other times they were, we were dealing with issues. And, and, and so it was a fun thing to do. And you get, and I really get to meet and know uh, people closely, like Charles Barkley, before he ever became the broadcaster, got to know him very well, could tell he was going to be that kind of guy. Troy Aikman, before he ever even uh, played in the NFL and then became a broadcaster. Yeah, we're talking late 90s, the famous O.J. Simpson interview that was yeah, the first absolutely. live interview. Uh, so, yeah, I, that, that was a different challenge. And I think that was at my heart. I'm a sports fan growing up, but at, at the heart, too, I always watched you know, interviewers, late night shows, uh, whether it was, you know, 60 Minutes or Johnny Carson or listen to Howard Stern or Barbara Walters, whoever was doing interviews, uh, there was something about it come from a big family. I, I like to ask questions, generally curious. And so if you make people feel comfortable, I, I think then usually they're they're more forthcoming. And so that's kind of how I uh, approached the show and, and really enjoyed that part of doing that and meeting people and getting to know them even after the interview uh, from all walks uh, of life, owners, uh, coaches, uh, players uh, that have since, you know, Doc Rivers, you, know, you see a whole career happen, right? Into the league and coaching and out and guys who've gone into broadcasting later. It was a, it was a fun thing and something I, I really miss too. You know, I know there's podcasts and I, sure. and I like those. There's just so many. I think I'm the only guy who doesn't have a podcast, <laughs> but it'd be nice to have some kind of format show like that. You remember Larry King live on yeah. CNN? He had that. That was a great interview from a news standpoint, uh, uh, and he did entertainment. But but that yeah, that had a special place at a, at a special time, and it will always be dear to me. Yeah, was it from that that up close? Was was Barkley your favorite interview subject, or was there somebody else? Who, did you have a favorite uh, well, the, subject that you interviewed? Yeah, the people. Wow, I had a lot. Of, I always enjoyed it. I, Jerry Jones early talking to owners was fascinating. Uh, uh, the late George Steinbrenner, if you go back, uh, mm -hmm. uh, Barkley certainly stood out. Uh, Will Chamberlain was was fascinating. Uh, there were, you know, guys like Jordan and Tiger were very quiet and close to the vest. They just didn't ever seem to really want to open up. So I liked people that were were willing to show their their personality uh, bill murray uh you know we got to be got to know him well from happy birthday bill murray by the way it's his birthday today it's trending so, on social media so it's perfect oh, that you bring that up <laughs> we're gonna have to definitely send out a uh an instagram uh, or some <laughs> some wishing on him because i've golfed with him hung out with him he's a very astute sports fan aside from being a very funny uh talented guy but yeah boy i would say you know those are i would say those are a couple at the top of the list i mean john wooden you know getting to interview him uh, and and yeah. it, it wasn't on up close, but at, at age 99, I mean, one of, it's one of the last public interviews I did with him with a, with a radio show. And I mean, just the knowledge you get and then spending time afterwards talking with them, uh, uh, you really absorb that. But, you know, quarterbacks are always fun to fun to talk to uh, through the years. And, and uh, you know, it, 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 it complex people like Barry Bonds, you know, stood out back back in the day. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, there, I, I would say everybody that came on, though, at least I'm grateful that they at least shared their personality or, or their thoughts, which was what we were going for. Is there any person you wish you could have interviewed and you just weren't able to get him or her? Yeah, you know, pretty much all the athletes, uh, uh, but Jack Nicholson, and not that we did a lot of entertainment people, oh. we did uh, Billy Crystal, we did him because yeah, obviously sports knowledge and he was hosting the Oscars. And, and again, he was terrific, you know, Bill Murray, who does his golf bit as well, and from Caddyshack, among other things. But but Nicholson and, and saw him and tried, and he was he told the same thing he told Bob Costas. Hey, I'd, you know, I'd like to come on, but if I did it for you, I have to do it for everybody. And so this was in, in the Laker run, but he was a fascinating guy to uh, – uh, to be around but for the most part yeah that that kind of went fast i mean the, the good thing was we wanted we interviewed a lot of legends of sports uh mm -hmm. but then we wanted to also my goal was to stay current and talk to to current guys that were on the rise or young stars that were were breaking into uh, uh to sports at the time with their various their various sports
All right, the Emmy Award-winning Chris Myers. We're going to wrap it with this. Which of these four phrases did you not coin back in the day? The three ball for the three-point shot, all that in a bag of chips, a fresh set of downs, meaning you get a first down, so the chains move, you have a fresh set of downs, and a hoop and some harm. Which of those did you not coin? <laughs> wow, you, I'm very impressed. You did your homework. All that in a bag of chips was not mine. Okay, that's the <laughs> only on one. on there. Let's see if you can make it stick. I think it'd be I funny. I mean, I, I kind of like kind of like that. You know, I kid because I care has, has, has come out and taken a life of its own yeah. uh, from a comic. I, I've kind of used that. You, you're not good way back in the early days, kind of taken from it. <laughs> From the Caddyshack, but that deserves a while. I mean, there's a few that we all and and those came. You know, people talking about oh cliche, but those came from gathering around with guys who were working on the show or sports fans and and reacting yeah. and saying those things. I got tired of saying three pointer, three pointer, three tray, three, and I think it was a it was a Larry Bird that ran the table. I was a two ball, you know, here corner pocket, three ball, and that's where that one caught out. And then fresh set of downs. I just I don't like to use line to gain. It sounds like a referee. So instead of another first down, another first down, hey, fresh set of downs, you know, just kind of just sounded in a, he goes, I like that, it makes sense. I think people will get that. So those are the things you run with, but I'm glad you're paying attention. Some people, they just, you know, and it's, and I, and I'm proud of Drew when I hear that being used by other, it's like, yes, sure. good, it's out there. We're all, we all use different forms of different things in, in the business. Uh, the key is to try to avoid cliches and, and, and deliver the info as, as best as a viewer can grasp it. Well, Chris, I really do appreciate the time. I hope uh, you get to call another Texans game later in the season. We can redo this and get set for another one, but appreciate you coming on with me. Best of luck on Sunday, and uh, we'll talk to you again, hopefully down the line. Sound good? Yeah. No, thank you for your time. Enjoy watching you know, Stroud, and, and I think D'Amico's going to get it done. It's just taking a little, a little slower start than, than we even we thought, uh, but we look forward to it. It was great talking to you. Thanks. Thank you, Chris. That was a lot of fun. Really appreciate the time. Chris Myers, thank you again. Hope we have you on again because uh, we got to get wacky with you and get some more fun questions because you've seen a lot of stuff, my friend. Anyways, like we mentioned at the top, please like this, subscribe, star it. Give us like five stars if you can. Give us six stars if you can give out uh, six stars. But anyways, we will be back again next week. Going to have Nico Collins in the mix plus another in the lab, and it's going to be a good time for all. For John... For Chris Myers, for Motor, I'm Drew, and we'll talk to you again soon.